Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States, welcome back. And to all of our listeners all over the world in every other country in the world, we're still honored to have you. Every week, we're just honored to have you. Welcome, everyone, to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia. We're coming to you from WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and also WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen in to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, uh, in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. That's right. You can go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Click on the purple podcast player icon or click on any podcast player icon on your smart devices. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges and you will find us there. Marriage and Family Clinic. You know, Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick. And ultimately, we really, really, truly, deeply want to help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. You know, I, I want to talk to you about something really particular uh, in this particular episode. You know, I did uh, a couple of months ago, I did a mini series on divorce and I kept on saying, I keep harping on something here and that is divorce is a choice. Number one, divorce is a choice. And I also keep harping, you've heard me say a number of times and I'm going to continue to say it. Husbands and wives sometimes, oftentimes, they get divorced even though they love each other. They do get divorced even though... You, you can still love your husband and you can still love your wife even if you divorce. And a lot of folks get a divorce. They don't really want to divorce. It's not divorce that they want. They want some peace. They want the pain to go away. They want the suffering to go away. They want it to stop. And they're unable to deal with it. They're unable to overcome it. They're unable to resolve difficulties. And so what you've heard me say often is that you can divorce, but love your husband or love your wife even as you divorce them. You divorce because it's a choice and you make the choice because you just don't have the tools to love through it. You just don't know how to love through it. Oh my goodness. You don't know how to love through some situations, some situations, some conditions, some hurts, some pains, some events, some occurrences. They can tax you so heavily. You don't know how to resolve it. And it takes you for everything that you're worth. And after you've tried everything that you know to try, you end up divorcing because you've run out of hope. You've run out of things to try. You've run out of people to try. And the essence of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that you just don't know how to love through it. You've heard me say that a number of times, but then it dawned on me. I, I say that 
uh, I've said that a number of times to drill it into us, to get us to really think about that statement. We just don't know how to love through it. But then it dawned on me, I should really talk about how to love through them. How do you get to the place where you can love through? How do you grow to the place where love really does make the difference? We hear it oftentimes in Hollywood, in the movies, in the TV, as long as we have each other, as long as we have love, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then somebody will come back and say, but love doesn't pay the bills. Yes, as long as we have each other, we're doing okay. But when you don't have bill money and money and, and debt is piling up, that can tax the relationship, that can tax the marriage past what you're able to love through. So how in the world do we get to the place where we can love through? I hear somebody asking that question, and I'm glad you asked that question. And I may not have time to talk about this, but you know, when you ask a question like that, I've got to take you to the scripture. And when it comes to the subject of love, there's no scripture text more valuable, more meaningful, more plain, more clear, uh, there's nothing better than 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And this is so interesting because 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter follows the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was teaching on spiritual gifts. And, 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 and you know, spiritual gifts, man, it makes the world go round, makes the church go round, brings life to the church. Spiritual gifts are invaluable. Whatever it is you think about spiritual gifts, they are a valuable part, invaluable. We cannot even calculate the value of their worth to the body of Christ, to the church, to the life of believers. But Paul says, even in that, you can have those gifts. But if you don't have love, you're nobody with nothing going nowhere. Wow. You're nobody with nothing going nowhere. Love is so powerful because love is actually the essence, the nature, the character of God himself. And if there's anything that's going to make the world tick, if there's anything that's going to do it for us, it is love. And that's why we all feel so good when we sing that song, What the World Needs Now is love, sweet love. You know, we all feel good when we sing that. We're all having a kumbaya moment because it is so true. But when it comes to loving through our difficult situations, you know, we don't just up and learn to love. We don't just up and know how to love. Love takes time to grow in. Love takes practice. And you've got to work on yourself diligently, consistently. You've got to ask yourself difficult questions. You've got to pose hard situations to yourself in order to grow in love. You see, if love is going to work through you, you have to get over you. If you're going to get to the place, if you're going to grow to the place where you know how to love through then you're going to have to get over yourself. You're going to have to get yourself to a place where you can see the needs of someone else. 
just as important as your needs. See, love is all about sacrifice. You can't have love without sacrifice. And I've said it oftentimes on this program and I'll say it again. Love works best in unlovely situations. Love works best in unlovely situations. So when you're on the mountaintop of your marriage, when you're on the mountaintop of whatever relationship you're in, that's when you need to focus on love. Because some valleys are bound to show up. Some valleys are bound to come. And you've got to learn to love through it. So in order to love through it, in order to get to the place to where you can love through these difficulties, these difficult situations that will tax your relationship for everything that it's worth, you've got to work on becoming a person of love. Love has to become your nature. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, love does not become your nature until Christ Jesus sits on the throne of your life. Oh, wow. My, 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 my. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. So when we look at 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, again, this is called our love chapter. 1 Corinthians tells us some things to do, and then it says some things not to do in order to love. We're always trying to define love. And unfortunately, very mistakenly, we define love as a feeling and love is not a feeling. Oh, strong feelings, strong emotions accompany love. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Strong feelings and powerful emotions accompany love. But love is not a feeling. Love is a choice that we make about who we are going to be in any relationship. Oh, wow, that was good. Love is a choice that we make about who we are going to be in any relationship that we're in. And that's how God loves us. God chose who he was going to be. God chose what he was going to do in relationship with us. And that is who he is in spite of who we are and anything that we do. So this is powerfully true right here. Love is about the choice that you make about who you are going to be in the relationship. Regardless of who the other person is, regardless of what the other person does, who do you choose to be? So let's go over some, let's go over some pointers here about love. First of all, love never gives up. Love never gives up. Don't give up. Ne don't throw in the towel. Now listen, I'm going to give you pointers here. And none, all of these work in tandem. All of these pointers work in concert together. It's not one that is stronger than the others. Not one that you specialize in and the others you, you lay waste. You, you just cast aside, kick to the curb. No, all of these pointers work together. They work in tandem. They work in concert. There's a synergistic effect that goes on through all the points, through all the do's and the don'ts of 1 Corinthians 13. There's a synergistic effect that takes place in you as the individual that allows you to become the person of love. 
So first of all, love never gives up. You cannot give up. No matter what it is you're going through, you cannot give up. Do not give up. I told you that love is a choice and divorce is a choice. Divorce is a choice. It wasn't the adultery that made you divorce. It was your choice. The adultery may have motivated you. Adultery may have uh, convinced you. Adultery may have persuaded you. But you still made the choice. And like you chose to give up, you can cho choose not to give up. Love never gives up. Are you hearing me here? Love never gives up. Love has to keep on keeping on. Love has to keep on fighting. Love has to keep on trying. Keep on fighting. Keep on wrestling. Keep on praying. Keep on desiring. Keep on pressing. Because love never gives up. Love never gives up. Not only does love never give up, but love cares more for others than it cares for itself. I told you just a couple of moments ago that you cannot have love without sacrifice. You cannot have love without sacrifice. Love is about what you're going to sacrifice on behalf of someone else. Love doesn't work until you're sacrificing on behalf of someone other than yourself. You are not the center of the universe. The world does not revolve around you. The marriage, the, the family relationship, no relationship revolves around one individual. A relationship that revolves around one individual is out of balance. It's out of order. Now there may come a time when you have to tend to your mate's needs more than you tend to yours, but that's what love does. Because we took a vow at the altar that I would love you in sickness and in health. So if they become sick and you have to care for them, well, the relationship very well may revolve around one person more than the other. But that's what love is for when, in those necessary moments. But when you're in good health, when you're in good state of mind, etc., etc., you understand what I'm saying here. Don't get it twisted. You know exactly what I'm saying. Love, love cares more for others than it cares for itself. Love is looking out for the needs of others more so than it is looking out for itself. Husbands, you've got to love your wife. You've got to care more about your wife's needs than your own needs. Wives, you've got to care more about your husband's needs than your own needs. And husbands and wives, we cannot afford to be twisting up scripture. The only scripture that a man likes to tell a woman is that the Bible says woman ought to submit to her husband. And the only scripture a woman wants to tell her husband is that husbands ought to love his wife like Christ loved the church. No, we can't be twisting up scripture because scripture says that husbands and wives ought to submit themselves to each other. In love. What do you mean in love? Well, caring for the needs of your spouse, for your husband or your wife, more than you care for your own needs. That's love. Don't give up. Care for their needs. Develop this care for their needs. I'm telling you, all of these pointers work in tandem. All of these pointers work in concert. Don't take one without the other. So don't give up. Care for the needs of your spouse more so than your own needs. 
Another pointer. Love does not want what it doesn't have. Love does not want what it doesn't have. You're not going to grow in love until you are making the best of who you are, where you are, with what you have. You can't look at some woman on television and wish that were your wife. You can't look at some woman somewhere else and wish your wife were more like her. Wish your husband looked more like Denzel Washington or anybody else. You can't be married to someone and love them truly, wishing they were someone else, wishing they had something else. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. If you're going to be a person of love, when you're going to be a person of love, you have to learn to love who you are, where you are, with what you have. And I'm not saying make the best of a bad situation. No, 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 no. I'm not saying settle. I'm saying seek out the true worth of the relationship that you're in. And I guarantee you, if we take time to know our husbands and know our wives on a deeper level than, than what we do, we'll find out we're married to some jewels. We are married to some jewels. Are you hearing me here? Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. So love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Oh, my, 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 my. Love doesn't strut. You know, it's a shame that some husbands or even some wives, they like getting over on their spouse. They like prancing around. But love doesn't strut. Love doesn't behave like some peacock strutting his feathers, spreading his pretty feathers. Humble yourself to one another. Humble yourself to one another. What do I mean, humble yourself to one another? Live like you really cannot live without each other. Strutting is all about pride. And if you want to destroy a relationship, get filled with pride. Get filled with pride. And that's why the next point in 1 Corinthians 13 says, uh, love doesn't have a swelled head. Love does not have a swelled head. Some of us, we are legends in our own minds. <laughs> we are legends in our own minds. Love doesn't have a swelled head. You feel bigger and better because you got the best of your wife or your husband? Hmm. You do something and now we can't get your head through the door. You do something good. You succeed in something. You achieve in something. And now you want the world to praise you and we can't get your big head through the door. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love always keeps his feet on the ground. I'm talking about becoming a person of love. I'm talking about growing into the person who can love through anything. And when you become a person of love, your love is going to fix the relationship where you may not have to love through what you may have had to love through if you didn't become a person of love. 
Wow. What do I mean by that? Check this out. I told you that love doesn't want what love doesn't have. Well, when you want someone other than your spouse, you, you very well may yield to temptation. And now you're going to have something that you and your spouse are going to have to fight through for a long time in order to make it. But if you were, if you were being the person of love that your spouse needed you to be, the temptation never would have been as strong as it is. So when you become the person of love that you need to be, when you become the person of love that you definitely, truly, surely, certainly can become, you keep yourself from getting into stuff, getting into mess, getting into situations and scenarios that it's going to tax you so deeply that you may not be able to love through. So bring yourself on down out of the clouds, Come on down to the earth, put your feet back on the ground because love doesn't have a swelled head and love doesn't force itself on others. Love doesn't force itself on others. Listen, th this is a critical piece of the pie right here. I already told you that if the relationship is all about one person, something is out of balance. And if you're real good at getting your way manipulating the marriage relationship, whatever the relationship may be, if you're real good at getting your way in that relationship, if you're real good at twisting things and turning things, if you're real sure of yourself and maybe your husband or your wife is not as sure of themselves and you're always trying to get your way, you're forcing yourself on your spouse. And love doesn't force itself on others. Love is not overbearing. Love is not overbearing. And I know some men who can be just overbearing. Nothing she says is ever right. Nothing she does is ever right. It's your way or the highway, man. And there are some women like that also. There are some women like that also. But if you're going to grow into the person who can love through anything, you got to quit forcing yourself on your mate. Love does not force itself on others. Love doesn't walk around with the mentality, the perspective, the mindset that it's always me first. Me, 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 me. If you go out to dinner, you have to choose the restaurant. If you watch a movie, you have to select the movie. Some husbands, your wives can't even buy a dress that she likes. She has to buy the one that you like. You're overbearing. You're forcing yourself on her. And in that marriage, it's all about you. It's you first. And I'm telling you, and wives do the same thing. Husband, wife, I'm telling you something. One day the other is going to get fed up and you're going to find yourself in a place that's going to require you to know how to love through. And if you haven't been getting ready to love through, you may not be able to love through. It's going to tax the marriage too deeply, too strongly, and you may not be able to handle it. You can't be in a relationship where it's always about you. It's always me first, me first, me first. I saw a TV show once. <laughs> I saw a TV show once that, and uh, it was two women, I think it was, who was talking about how do you know when you have the right man or something like that. 
and uh, and one woman tells the other, you know he's the right man when you get down to the French fry and he'll let you have the last one. He will let you have the last one. I was like, oh my goodness, really? Really? And you know, I, I actually started practicing that. My wife and I may be sharing something uh, and we'll come down to the end. It's something that we like. It's the last piece, the last fry, the last uh, 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 sip or whatever the case may be. I'll let her decide whether or not she wants it because I'm trying to practice being a person of love, not just loving, but being a person of love. I want love to take over my life. And in order for that to happen, it cannot be always me first. Love does not fly off the handle. Love does not fly off the handle. Listen, if you have an anger problem, you need to get to the bottom of that. 99% of the people who have anger problems, they just have leftover emotions from something that happened to them in their past. Probably in their childhood somewhere. Somebody left. Somebody did something. Somebody said something. Uh, that's what anger is all about. You just have unresolved emotions. But you can't love a person and constantly angry at them or flying off the handle. And people with anger problems, any little thing sets them off. You need to get that situation in check. I'm telling you, you need to get that situation in check. Get you some counseling, do you some serious praying and fasting, but get that situation in check. Because love does not fly off the handle. You have to ask yourself, what is this really worth? What is this really worth? Are you with me here? Love doesn't keep score of other sins either. Love doesn't keep score of wrong. Whenever you and your spouse, you may have a disagreement or you're having a passionate discussion, wink, wink, uh, better known as an argument. If you're going to keep on bringing up the past, you're not going to become a person of love. Love has to forgive and move on. Love has to forgive and move on. Notice I didn't say forgive and forget. I'll get to forgiveness some other time. But love has to forgive and move on. You can't keep bringing up things from the past. You can't keep reminding your spouse about how wrong they were way back when. Love doesn't keep score. And we're good at keeping score. Because some reason we can take on this mentality, even when we don't mean to, we can take on this mentality of it's me against her. It's me against him. And I've got to beat him before he beats me. But love doesn't keep score. And love certainly, love certainly does not revel when others grovel. If your husband or your wife does decide to humble themselves and come to you and admit that they were wrong about something and ask your forgiveness, they're making themselves vulnerable. They're laying themselves out before you. They're taking a chance and they're risking it. That's not the time to walk on them. You need to get in there with them and hold them up. You need to make sure you validate them and give them support in that moment. They're risking a lot coming to you. They're putting it all on the line, making themselves vulnerable. Putting it on the line. 
Make sure you validate them. Make sure you support them. Love puts up with anything. Love puts up with anything. And I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds weird because some of you, you have your lines in the sand. And some of you, the problem is you've already made up your mind what you will and will not take. You've already made up your mind what your deal breakers are. And I'm telling you something, when you make up your mind what your deal breakers are, you better be careful because you very well may run into that situation. And you've already taught yourself, you've already reinforced it in your mind, it's already set in your psyche that this is a deal breaker. And should that thing ever happen, it causes so much turmoil when you try to think about preserving the marriage, it's just too hard. And you can't envision anything else because you have convinced yourself it's a deal breaker. But when you become a person of love, it means you're putting up with anything. You're putting up with a lot. And above all, love, trust God. You got to trust God to love you. Trust God to love you. Look for the best in your husband. Look for the best in your wife. Trust God to love you perfectly. Hope for the best. Pray for the best. Trust God to love you perfectly. Trust God and move forward. Trust God and, and, and love with all of your heart. Oh my goodness, I'm out of time. I've got to get out of here. Hey, I thank you for joining me today. What I'm saying to you is that love, love is the power that holds us together, but we've got to become people of love. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You'll learn how to love there. Become the person of love. Amen, somebody? Come on and give me an amen here. I got to get out of here. My time is up. But listen, I want you to remember this while we're becoming the people of love. You cannot have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.